location. Some is already gone, headed going to music schools and stuff, and I understand that. And that's one reason the choir sounds so pretty this morning. And so I'm not opposed to it. I'm in favor of it. And I appreciate them trying to dedicate themselves to learning as much as what they can and doing a good job in the singing. Now, I wouldn't think a whole lot of a preacher if he was not willing to study and prepare and to do his best to be ready to preach the Word of the Lord. And when we're attempting to sing or to teach Sunday school or whatever else we do, we ought to take the same approach and do our very best to be prepared to do what we can as well as we can for the honor and glory of God. And so I appreciate their efforts in that regard. In Acts chapter number 8 is where we're reading. If you have found your place in verse 35, I'd invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of the Word of the Lord. Acts chapter number 8 and beginning reading in verse number 35. The Word of God says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I appreciate the fact that he opened his mouth. There are some that seem to have lockjaw when it comes to the things of God. They're real loud about everything else, and they're always talking about everything else, but they don't have much to say about the Lord. But Philip opened his mouth and began preaching Jesus to him. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while we read the Word of the Lord. And I may be a little bit clogged up this morning. I run the lawnmower all day and the weed eater yesterday. And I think I swallowed a little bit of too much of the exhaust as well as the grass and all. That's, and I didn't te- couldn't tell it yesterday, but I can tell it today. But it is a blessing to be able to try to open my mouth and to preach unto you, Jesus, as Philip did here in this passage of the Word of the Lord. It is a familiar passage about the Ethiopian eunuch. He goes to Jerusalem. He's the uh, treasurer of Candace, queen of Ethiopia, a man of great authority and wealth and power who is seeking help from God for his life. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to believe. He's not had religious training or religious background. But he has heard about this place called Jerusalem and about the great things that God has done there for many years. He goes to that place seeking for answers and seeking for help and looking for some way to make sense out of this mixed up world that he's living in. And he gets there and the Bible said he went to worship. But my friend, he leaves still hungry and still thirsting and still in need. His religious experience in the church at Jerusalem had not met his need 
seem to have only fueled his longing to find answers and frustrated him as he searched for them. In fact, when Philip met him in the journey, he was still reading the Word of God, still trying to find what it was that he needed for his life, still searching for some answers in God's precious Word. And when Philip met him as he was reading, he had become convinced that there would be no understanding found for him. They could not even get help from the Word of God, except he had some man to guide him. That's what he told Philip in this passage of Scripture. But praise the Lord for the fact that when Philip came along, friend, it was good for him that God had sent some man to guide him. And that some man was Philip. And Philip opened his mouth and preached unto this man, Jesus.
Jesus is the answer. This guy was from out of town. He was not like Philip. He was a different color. He had a different background. He had a different educational background. He had a different upbringing. He had a different level in society that he held. He and Philip had little of anything in common at all except for one thing. Make. He went there in obedience to God, and God answered prayer. 
prayer and did something when he obeyed God and Philip got keyed up about it. I'm going to tell you now, I ain't got a house. I hadn't got the house of my friend the 500 in a congregation to preach to in order to be excited about it. Amen. And it's a good thing because most of my preaching's not done in front of a congregation of 5,000 or 500. Amen. Matter of fact, I have preached a few of them and I try to preach to them the same way that I preach to you here on Sundays. Oh, my friend, hear me. Philip had a congregation of one. And he opened his mouth and preached in him, Jesus. And my friend, zealously and with fervor and joy and anointing, shared the gospel of Christ of this sinner who was seeking after the Lord. And God worked in this man's life. And Philip got keyed up about this thing. Amen. Oh, friend. Thank God. And he preached in Jesus. Philip baptized the man. And he came up rejoicing. I believe the man rejoiced in Philip too. The Bible says he baptized him. Took him down in the water. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. Amen. Caught away, Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, according to verse 39. And he went on his way rejoicing. Praise God. But Philip was found at Azotus and passed through. And he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Well, he got carried away. But my friend, literally, he was carried away. So that the next time he was seen, he was in another town still preaching the word of God. Some today would say Philip was a bit rowdy. He got a little bit wound up in that place. Maybe just a little bit too much noise. He got a little too demonstrative in his worship. He took it just a little bit too far for what some would say in our time. Oh, he, my friend, got a little, I got way too emotional about this matter of fact. He got caught away. Amen. He got carried away with his saying. The Bible said whenever he saw somebody get right with the
Amen. I have folks that I work with. Oh, friend, now they done made it, you know. Some of them done made it. Executives and so forth. It working in a financial services business. Some of them don't make all that terrible much money, but they get to wear nice suits. I can get a company car, and the business cards look nice. They got all sorts of designations. My friend, letters behind their name that they think means they're important. Oh yeah, one of them is A U T C S. It's behind mine, and I got the designation. Life Underwriting Training Council Fellowship. Oh, F S S Financial Services Specialist. My friend, you'll see C L U. Career Life Underwriter. C P C U. My friend, you'll see a bunch of them. C H F C. Behind the names, all the designations. Supposed to tell if they know what they're doing. Oh, one of one day brought him down the sides. We had a little boy that had his head sort of hung up in the clouds. About all of his designations. That L-U-T-C-F behind his name. One of our customers had no idea what that meant. He thought it was his last name. And he called up and said, I need to speak with maids. I think his name is, let me look at this car down there. Mr. Uh, Lucifer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. My Lord. 
And so Brother Matthew said you're not supposed to be impressed from the outline and all the rest of that stuff. This morning it's a good thing because I ain't touched none of it yet. Amen. That's exactly right. Oh, but I got something to shout about. Oh, that's right. Don't let this whole dry, uh, modernistic, crusted overcrowd silence your sound and sap the life out of you. Don't let this Hollywood evangelism crowd this a bunch of smooth, polished over fellas with their million dollar facilities and their mega million dollar my friend the multimedia presentations. Don't let them take all the life out of you. Worship is not about presentations. Preaching is not about presentations. Being a child of God is not about putting on a front. But I tell you, we got something to shout about. We got a reason to worship. And I realize we're in the computer age. I realize this is an electronic and a digital day that we're living in. But I'm going to tell you, preaching hadn't changed. Not real preaching hadn't changed. Not Bible preaching has not changed. Oh, that's exactly right. Open the Bible. Open your mouth. Preach Jesus. How are people glad to receive Him? Their worship will be like that of the old days. Because somebody lives in us that lived in them. Amen. That's right. Oh, yes. That's exactly right. He's still God. And He'll never, ever change. Oh, thank God. It was a shout that brought down the Jericho walls in Joshua chapter number 6. Israel greeted the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant of God into the camp with a shout in 1 Samuel 4, verses 5 through 6. When the Israelites returned from Babylonian captivity and Brother John mentioned it this morning in the Sunday school lesson. They laid the foundation to rebuild the temple. And they shouted with a great shout and praised the Lord. And things got carried away around that place. Ezra 3 and 13 said it was so that the people could not discern the noise of a shout. Have joy from the noise of the weeping to the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout. And the noise was heard from afar off. Somebody said, Salon, they took it a little too far. They just about got it right. Amen. It was just about normal. The temperature said just about right. I tell you, we have something to shout about. Hallelujah. Zephaniah. Amen. I told you we didn't spend enough time in them Old Testament prophets this morning. Amen. Zephaniah said in chapter number 3 and in verse number 14, he commands us to sing, to shout, to be glad in the Lord, to rejoice with all thine heart. Oh, how we ought to listen to the word of the man of God. And to do that, Psalm chapter 32 and verse 11 said, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Don't sound much like a program, my friend, a program formal service. Somebody said that's traditional. It ain't too traditional. You go in the Word of God and find out what the tradition of the saints was. It was to worship God in spirit and in truth. Josephus, that secular historian who wrote so much about the church in the early days of the church, I said when God's people got 
the people would answer amen uh, together affirmatively uh, so loud it sounded like a sea uh, a wave of the sea uh, or a wave of the ocean uh, as they all together would renounce uh, amen uh, well I'm telling you friend it's always been uh, a tradition if you will uh, and more than a tradition a privilege uh, of the church to be able to raise our hands uh, been told all you do is try to stir people up. Some folks needing some stirring up. That's exactly right. Hey, I'll tell you the word too. You preach the word of God and Holy Ghost anointing fire. It'll stir saved folks up to worship. It'll stir lost folks up to get all tore up. Amen. It'll cause some of them to get mad. It'll cause some of them to get under conviction. It'll cause some of them just want to get saved. And then they'll get glad. Amen. Man, if I, I never would act like that crazy preacher down there at Truth Baptist Church. I never would raise my hands like that crowd down there does. I never would say hallelujah and amen and praise the Lord. I never would walk around down in that altar and squall. I never would sit in the floor like Brother John and Boohoo out loud and say, you know, the same one that said I never would. They'll be the one that does. Psalm 32 and 11 said, Be glad in the Lord. Don't forget that enough. I'll read it again. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Psalm 47 and 1 says, Oh, clap your hands. Oh, you people, I got some good Baptist brethren that don't like hand clapping. And so I'm taking the rings off this morning to let them know this is for them. Amen. Hallelujah to His name. The Bible said, Oh, I'm not talking about giving applause to men. I'm talking about not talking about applauding the show. I'm talking about sometimes it ought to make us happy. Just stand up and you laugh and you cry and you shout and you clap your hands and you stand up, and sit down, and run around and just don't know what to do. I'm telling you, friend, I'm glad I got something to shout about. Hallelujah. Oh. Psalm chapter 47 verse 1 again. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That psalm of Hebrews chapter number 13 verse 15 said, By Him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise unto His name. Someone said, I'm going to shout silently. Well, hey friend, a silent sound is kind of like a pretend supper. Hey, you can pretend all you want, but your belly's still going to be growling for something real. And the silent sound is just about as feeling. I tell you, you really want to get right with God. You really want to enjoy God. You really want to rejoice in God. Quit trying to fool me by telling me how you shout inside. 
Hallelujah. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto His name. Oh, for some God in the heart, you'll have to praise Him with your lips. Amen. You can praise Him with your lips and your heart far from Him. But if you'll get your heart near to Him and praise Him with your lips. Oh, hey. Let me just go ahead and say something. I'll say it while she's not here. My wife's always with me. She's always here. Her and Gracie and Caitlin and Julia even. Sometimes y'all wish she wasn't here. She acts crazy sometimes. Most of the time she's okay. But Julia sometimes that's crazy. That's what four-year-olds do. But now it's unusual for them not to be with me. And they call her family coffee drinking convention, as Brother John says. And so they call her family and they'll be back before next week. But I'm going to tell you something. She likes to tell me how much she loves me. She does. She likes to tell me that. And I like it pretty good for her to tell me. But I tell you what I like a lot better is when she quits loving me with her heart and decides to tell me with her lips. Amen. That's exactly right. She comes along. And it's not just a text message or even her voice. But she gets up real close. And it tells me that she loves me and lays a big wet kiss right square on my mouth. I'd rather have that than all the words in the world. I mean, said I want to have something. I mean, ought to show up outwardly. Shout! I've read through you all these Old Testament passages. Lest you think shout and worship and praise was something reserved for those Old Testament days. God gave us confirmation in Romans chapter 15 and in verse number 9. And that the Gentiles, and that the Gentiles, that's us, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, for this cause will I confess thee unto the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again, he said, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. And laud him, all you peoples. I'll tell you one of the greatest failures of the modern church age is to say it genuinely and openly and without reservation, praise the Lord. How oh, but we have something to shout about. Hallelujah. To give you a few things, I'm going to wind her down, slow it down just a minute and preach to you. Philip wasn't shouting all the time. He was preaching sometimes, shouting sometimes. So I've already done a little bit of one. We'll do a little more of it in a minute, praise God. But I need to open my mouth and preach to you just a minute now. And so I pray the Lord to help us. we got something to shout about ourselves, not just empty. I preach like Sunday night, rejoice in the Lord. Our rejoice is not in the flesh. Our rejoice is not in self. Our rejoice is not in our abilities. Our rejoicing is in the Lord. I've got something to shout about. I'm shouting this morning because I have the Scriptures that are right. Amen. Philip, open.
opened his mouth and beginning at the same scripture preached unto him Jesus. Thank God for a Bible. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for a Bible that is right, that is accurate, that is inspired, that is infallible. That is my feeling every way right. I praise his high holy name. Psalm 33 and 4 said the Word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. John 17 and 17 Jesus prayed for the church and said sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I shout this morning not just with some emotional thing like you would at a ball game when they're hollering to the runner to go, go, go. But I tell you I shout with confidence and with substance because the word of God. I shout with confidence for I have no reservations about the accuracy or the authority of the word of God. I am certain that I can live my life by it. Thank God for a copy of the Word of God. This book tells me about myself. It tells me who I am, how I got here, and what I'm to do while I am here. This whole world doesn't know any of those things. They don't know who we are. They don't know how we got here, and they don't know what we're supposed to do while we're here. Amen. Days of the Looney Tunes and the kooks that spend on top of some mountain, sucking in mountain air, and my friend with their legs crossed and humming, and trying to find themselves in meditation, and they still will not figure out what they're here for, what they're supposed to do. But the answer is found in the Word of God. ceremonies I could not satisfy this man that when an old time preacher sort of rough around the edges and showed up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost opened his mouth and opened the Bible and preached unto him Jesus the unique found what his soul had longed for hallelujah I have found him the one for whom my soul did crave he satisfies my longings said I search for him and knew not what I search for I long for him and knew not what I long for then I met Jesus and I knew that I would search no more he filled a longing in my soul praise God for the word of God that tells me about myself people go to and fro looking for purpose and meaning and answers and fulfillment. But the Word of God tells me how God made all things in six days and He rested on the Sabbath. And on the sixth day He made man in His own image and in His own likeness and breathed in His nostrils a breath of life. And He became a living soul. We are not the product of millions of years of the biological development of some mixture of random goo that progressed into intelligence to become people capable of being educated and refined. We are the direct creation of a great, big, wonderful God. And we have within us a soul that was sparked, my friend, by the breath of a divine sovereign. I learned who man is. I learned who I am by looking into this Word of God. It tells me about myself. But I'm going to tell you something else. It tells me about my sin. Amen. Amen. 
And so the world won't tell you about your sin. Everybody wants to soft pedal everything. Everybody wants to pat around on you make you feel good. I'll tell you what's wonderful about you. But I'll tell you the Word of God says, in you that is in your flesh, there's not one good thing. Oh, my friend, that's right. This Word tells me about my sin. And this is what so many despise about the Word of God. But I'm thankful for a holy writ. It tells me about what's right and what's wrong. My heart, according to this Bible, is desperately wicked and who can know it. My mind, according to this Bible, is only evil continually. In my flesh, according to this Bible, dwelleth no good thing. My righteousness, according to this Bible, is as filthy rags in God's sight. And I don't even have the wisdom in my life to discern this wickedness in myself. That the Word of God tells me, that tells these things to me. Oh, my friend, we may would have simply observed many outward transgressions by the evil that they produce. And the results of those deeds, murder, theft, adultery, that those inward sins that are the root of these bad things have to be revealed by the Word of God. Oh, that's exactly right. Romans chapter 7 and verse 7 said, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet the Word of God. It's like a mirror according to James 1 and 23. And it shows us what we really look like in the sight of God. I tell you, I shall because I've got a Bible that's right. It tells me about myself. It tells me about my sin. Lord, give me wind to preach a little longer now. It tells me about my Savior. It reminds me that we're and God committed His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God for a Savior. Thank God for a friend. When the Word showed me who I was and what I'd done, I felt myself lost and eternally ruined. Oh, had the Word of God not told me also of a Savior, I'd have no reason to shout. There was an alarm sounded, and the heavens by a band of angels cried out, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And Matthew 1 and 21 may preach some more there tonight. And he said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And 1 Timothy 1 and 15, it's a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. Jesus came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth in the righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse number 13 said, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Praise God, it was this word of God that told me about a Savior. And Hebrews 7.25 said, Wherefore He is able, He is able also to save them. And to the uttermost that come to God by Him, seeing that He ever liveth to make intercession for them. I've got something to shout about. 
but a Savior. Now, we're not shouting empty this morning. I'm about empty on gas as far as fuel for this whole body. Oh, but I'm sure I'm feeling full in my spirit. We're not shouting on empty this morning. We've got a scripture that's right. I want to say we've got a Savior that is reliable. I'm shouting because I have a Savior that's reliable. Oh, all of the government officials in the land of Ethiopia had failed this man. No doubt he's the right hand man to the queen. He has talked to her about his emptiness spiritually. He's mentioned it to those who are spiritual in the land. They've given him leave to go all the way to Jerusalem on this. On this, a spiritual pilgrimage. Looking to worship, trying to find answers. He could not have left without their permission. Without their blessing. They could not help him. Oh, my friend, the priest. And all of those marching around Savior that's reliable. Hallelujah. Well, what about that preacher up the road or down the road that did such and such? I know all about that. Probably know more about it than what you do. But I'm telling you, Jesus will never let you down. Amen. That's exactly right. I got a lot of preachers that I got confidence in. And if they went sideways, if they called me up, and by the way, I know I'd do this because I've done it. They'd pick up the telephone, call me, and say, Brother Toby, I've turned in my credentials. I've quit preaching. I have done all that I can do. I've hit the brick wall. I can't do it anymore. I'm giving up the ministry. My family's come apart. My home is falling apart at the seams. I'm stopping the preaching business. I don't even know if I'll go to church anymore or not. I have fielded those phone calls not once but on many occasions from some of my very best friends and men that is a whole lot better preachers than what I am. And I realize that I am not above it. Oh, but I'm telling you what I have done. I've said that sure does break my heart. And I am sorry to hear that. And I regret that this is the direction of your life. But I didn't go home and say, well, if they're not preaching no more, and if they're not doing right, then I'm just going to quit too. I went home, got in my prayer closet, grabbed my Bible and said, God, help me. I do not want to be in that case. I do not want to go that same route.
beside holy name. I shout because I have a Savior who is reliable. Amen. My wife's pastor when she was just a little girl was Bud Wicks. That's some of you grew up with Bud preaching truth. Oh, and he never changed and he never quit. And he never gave up. But I'll tell you what he did do. He got old and he got sick. And he went the way of all the earth and he passed away. And it came prop up on him now. He's preached funerals reversely. Everybody in my wife's family that died. They leaned on Brother Bud. on me and charged me with preaching the gospel have gone sideways. Some of them have gone to the grave. That's been 25 years ago. Some of them have gone to the grave. Oh, but I can lean on the Lord Jesus. The one who was my friend in the beginning is still there beside me. Some have come and gone, but He's been faithful every step of the way. Amen. Oh, we can depend on Him this morning. Acts chapter 17 and verse 28 said, For in Him we live and move and have our being, as a certain also of your own prophet poets have said, for we are also His offspring. Deuteronomy 33 and 27 said, The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath there is everlasting I cannot make it on my own, but I know this. And I declare my dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I rejoice in Him because He's dependable. He, we can depend on Him. We are defended by Him. You ever feel like you're under attack? Man, days go by that I feel like everybody in the whole world's against me. And there are some days I don't think I'm too far from being right. Amen. Oh, it feels like the whole world is against you. But Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 said, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, He has spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall we not freely with Him also give us all things? Who shall anything the charge of God's like? It's God that justifies. Who is He that condemned? It's Christ that died, yea, rather than is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate? separate us from the love of God. Oh, my friend. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither hide nor death. Oh, nor angels, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor high, nor dead, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're defended by Him. He's the captain of our salvation. I tell you, we are rejected. We are devoted to Him. I tell you, He's my Lord in Ephesians 4 and 5. He's my captain in Hebrews 2 and 10. He's my king in 
Revelation 19.16. He's my mediator in 1 Timothy 2 and 5. And by the way, the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He's my advocate. When I face an adversary in 1 John 2 and 1, I am devoted to Him because He is everything to me. You wonder why I carry on like I do. I've got something that's out of bounds. I'm closing with this now. I'm shouting this morning because I got a salvation that's real. Amen. I got a salvation that's real. And I'm going to tell you this a salvation that's real is a salvation you can feel. Amen. Oh, that's right. Hey. And just because that you feel good don't mean you're saved. But thank God, saved folks get to feel good. Amen. We get the joy of the feeling of the Holy Spirit. We get the feeling, F I L L I N G, of the Holy Spirit. But thank God, sometimes we also get the feeling of the Holy Spirit. And I praise the Lord for that. One old preacher said a salvation, the sovereign thought it, the Savior bought it, the Spirit brought it, and I got it. Amen. That's something to shout about. God's divine plan of redemption. I'll tell you what it is to be saved. I was convicted of my sins. I was cleansed by His blood. I was saved by His indwelling power. Because of that, I am happy in the Lord. I have a hope of eternity. I have a help that walks by me every day. I have a home waiting on the other side. And somebody said I wouldn't get too carried away now. trying to convince me that the reason that they don't rejoice and shout and praise God is because that they just feel like the church house is a place that should be reserved for too much dignity and too much uh, sort of respect than to act that way. I'm convinced they ain't got nothing to shout about. Take that or leave it. I didn't tell you that's what the Bible said. I told you I'm convinced of it. And if I'm wrong, you please forgive me. But I'm going to tell you, I believe saved folks has got to. If you got inside of you what I've had living in me for the last 25 years, 25 years this month, how about that? What I've had living in me for the past 25 years, I mean, it'd make you do more than what you do most of the time. Amen. That's exactly right. I mean, sometimes it just tears me off pieces. Oh, yesterday afternoon, I was sitting there and studying the Word of God, and I mean, just all at once. I'm talking about God just kicked a bucket of honey over in heaven all at one time. It oozed out a window of glory, dripped right down smack dab in the middle of 56 Taylor Circle, and I mean, overwhelmed me right there in the middle of my office. I mean, God, the God of heaven, paying attention to me in the middle of the day on a Saturday afternoon, and He knew who I was and where I was and what I needed. Ain't that something, friend? 
nothing more than a speck of dirt. Oh, but praise God, He's mindful of me. I tell you, I've got something to shout about. Hallelujah to His name. Amen. And you don't have to act like I act to be saved. But brother, if you're saved, if you'd learn to act this way, you'd have yourself a time. Hallelujah. Oh my. So glad that I know the realness of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Bless His name. Bless His name. He's the dearest friend I ever had. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, bless His high holy name. Most of this old world, come sing forth to you know how it feels. Can you do that? Most of this old world's about like old Pharaoh it was in Egypt. Moses said, I need to take them youngins of the Lord out to the wilderness to worship. We gotta go out of town. We can't worship in Egypt. There's too much niceness going on here. We gotta get out of this Egyptian place and get somewhere with the Lord by ourselves if we're gonna worship. I'm gonna tell you sometimes Egypt overwhelms you, and you gotta get out of there. You gotta get out of the Egyptian mindset and the Egyptian atmosphere if you're gonna worship God. The average church is turned into Egypt all over the place. Amen. That's why I don't want everything that got going on in the average church, and surely not everything that's going on in the world. I want God in our midst. Moses said, we've got to take these youngins of the Lord out in the wilderness to worship God. And Pharaoh said, well, that'd be all right. So said, you go ahead and worship, but said, don't go too far. Oh, Moses said, wait a minute, what do you mean? He said, don't go too far. Pharaoh said, just don't go too far. And Moses said, if we don't go three days a journey, then we can't worship God. Moses, uh, Pharaoh said, nope, that's too far. You know what a three-day journey is, don't you? The death, the burial, the resurrection. A living Lord. The world does not want you to worship a living Savior. They don't want you worshiping in the lively hope. They don't want you having lively worship. They don't want the life of the Holy Ghost in our midst. That's just carrying things too far. But if you don't go too far, as Egypt defines it, you'll never worship the Lord. Moses said, we're going to take our old and our young. We're going to take male and female. We're going to take married and unmarried. Our aged and our children. You know who's going to go with us? All of us going to go. We're going to worship the Lord together. You know what Moses is saying? Don't you understand? Mr. Pharaoh, worshiping God's a family affair. It's not about segmenting the population. It's a family affair. Oh, that's exactly right. Praise God. I'm so glad to see these babies and these children in the house of God this morning. Amen. That's right. I want them under the sound of preaching and the most of worship. Go ahead and show your children. You've got to go far if you're going to worship God. Under this morning, you just need to get in a quiet place by yourself. Tune everybody and everything out and get in a place where you can worship God. Maybe in this altar, maybe in your pew. Maybe just in your heart. Some of you probably ought to just take a lap while she sings. 
But I want you to worship the Lord. Stand your feet. I'll preach to you what God's given me. And I know this is nursing home Sunday and I'm not even worried about going long. I was given the short stick this morning. And so it's all right. Amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. I've got something to shout about. If you're more worried about a sausage biscuit or a T-bone steak and pinto beans or the roast in your kitchen and what you are worshiping God this morning, chances are you ain't done none of it anyhow. Amen. But praise God for a place to worship the Lord. Sing for us.
about do you know how it feels when you're cold, hard, as <laughs> well. 25 years ago, the 25th of this month, 25 years ago, I was telling God how that I was just as good as anybody else down to church and didn't even need to be saved. But before he got done with me, my cold heart had melted. And I was wondering if he even could save somebody as no count as what I was. But praise God, I know how it feels whenever he knocks and I surrender. And my tears are all washed away. Praise God. Hallelujah to his name. said, why are you carrying on that way? He said, you would too if you knew what it was to be a cripple made to walk. Amen. They told that blind man that was made to see, he said, don't you know this Jesus is a sinner? You don't need to praise Him. He said, don't glorify Him. He said, I don't know if he's a sinner or not, but I do know this much. Whereas I once was blind, now I see. Fella, if you knew what it was to be blind and have your eyes open, then you know why I'm so happy. Sang a song when I was a boy that said, If you had known me before I knew him, then you would know why I love him so. Oh, praise his name. I'm glad to be saved by the grace of God. Got something to shout about? Amen. I wonder, have you obeyed the Lord? We've gone a little long this morning. Gone a little long, but I'm telling you, I've obeyed the Lord. I am satisfied with the preaching that I've done this morning. Before I preached it, it was on me that I was responsible for it. Now that I've preached it, you're responsible for what you do with it. Amen. Do remember, nursing home this afternoon. Well, 2.45 probably. Saturday morning, the old one go with us. 10 o'clock, we'll be here at church prayer and get up for visitation. I got some stuff for you too. Be sure to get with me. I got some stuff I ordered for you. You tell me if you like it. So I get some more. <clears throat> this afternoon we'll probably run on up about two forty-five at the nursing home. 
nobody mind. They got time now, plenty of time, so they won't mind. About 2.45. 15 to 6, we'll pray tonight. We're going to have a baby dedication. Now, some of you had a chance already to go to a shower or two for Sister Tasha, and that's fine. I appreciate that. We haven't had one here, but if there's something you'd like to bring for the little one tonight, that's okay. You're not under obligation to do that, but if you'd like to, that's okay. I'm just letting you know. And we're going to have a baby dedication, and looking forward to that, and going to have a meeting tonight. I appreciate everybody coming and being part of the service this morning. Hadn't it been good to be